Hey guys, I'm happy to tell you about this documentary that I'm thrilled is sponsoring this week's episode. Um, Enter the world of internet sex workers who find economic freedom, empowerment, and creative self-expression in working from home. Award-winning director Sean Dunn meets the women behind the webcams in his latest documentary, Cam Girls. See the groundbreaking film now, exclusively on Vimeo On Demand. Save 10% off when you enter the code SANDRA10, that's S-A-N-D-R-A-1-0, at vimeo.com slash on demand slash camgirls, that's camgirls with a Z, before March 15th, 2015. I checked out the trailer, it looks amazing, like really, I, it's beautiful, I definitely recommend you checking this thing out. So uh, anyway, um, thanks so much, and uh, let's get to it. Now entering Nerdist.com. Hey, Naughty Monkey, it's sex nerd Sandra. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, This episode is really special to me because I tried something new, and I'm really proud of it. I had a great time. I walked into a bar in Manhattan after flying in from California and being stuck in a plane for an extra four hours because of weather and I was around like two really angry, sad, sick, crying babies. Poor, poor kids. But anyway, it was just a really miserable day of travel and I walked in and the New York City sex nerds handed me a drink and we all sat down and we started chatting and uh, I just... I don't know, listening to this episode really warmed my heart. So um, please enjoy. Uh, Let's see. Before we get started, I've got a few dates. I am in Humboldt this weekend at Humboldt State University uh, speaking. Um, You can check their school website for more info at their calendar. And I will be at Love Revolution on Sunday teaching oral sex for everyone. That is in Ashland, Oregon. If you know anyone in that area, please let me let them know. Don't let me know. I'm already headed there. Uh, what else? Oh, special alert. Uh, Portland. I was just accepted into the Bridgetown Comedy Festival, so I'll be there in early May. And hey, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be there in mid to late May. Yeah, I'm coming to Australia and New Zealand. I don't have any dates specifically yet in terms of when um, we can all high five, but... Australia, I'll probably only be in Sydney. and New Zealand, I'll be in a few places. Uh, more info to come. Let's just leave it at that. Let's see. What else? Oh, Ryan Witherspoon from the Healthy Kink episode. He is doing some psychological research right now. It's a survey on people's attitudes toward non-monogamy. So it's open to anyone who's over 18 that lives in the United States and is currently in any sort of non-monogamous relationship. Um, you can check out his Twitter feed at RG Witherspoon for the link. I have tweeted it and Facebooked it. So it's all up in those feeds too. Please take it. It was really fun and um, made me think. It was cool. It made my brain do brain things. Hmm. Okay. So this episode, let's see. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just really happy and thank you to everyone who, who braved that cold to come out to the bar and, and podcast with me. So yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, enjoy this very goofy, fun conversation with the NYC sex nerds. Check them out on meetup.com. All right. Go team bond. Welcome to the sex nerd Sandra podcast. 
whoa, what are these kids doing in here? Hey, if you're under 18, go ask your mom. Now that we're alone, let's start the show. Singer face. <laughs> totally. Okay, all right, okay. Well, this is very serious. Oh my goodness. Hi, Darren. Hi, Sandra. Hi. Welcome to my microphone. Thanks. Uh, you get to be first. How exciting. I, I wish I had a question in mind before we got to this point, or we're it's just okay. talking. There's, uh, there's a few things that you need to know about, about podcasting with me. One is I edit. So, Good news. So if you totally mess up and are embarrassed, and you can start over, and I'll totally edit out the part where you're like, "Oh yeah," unless it's really cute, and then I'll leave it in. But that, but believe me, it'll only because I like you. I'll try and make that noise. Um, and I'm not putting you on the spot. Like I'm not going to just force you to ha- answer a question right now. I just was like, "Hello, you are the organizer, co-organizer yeah. uh, of NYC Sex Nerds." Yeah, me and Katie have been doing it uh, two years and change. Have you uh, been doing it? <laughs> It's never gone there. It's 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 always been a sort of uh, you know mutual fandom society between Candy and I. Um, but no, we met at a fan meet and greet two years ago after you did a show at Local Sixty One in Brooklyn. Oh my goodness, that was the very first live podcast I ever did, and I was terrified. That was your first. Wait, is that right? You didn't do one in L.A. Okay, before okay. coming east. Uh, traveling. Like the okay. first one where I was producing a thing, like instead of just showing up at Meltdown Comics and being like, "I do a thing" because I knew Chris Hardwick. <laughs> right. It was it was taking the roadshow yeah. east and saying like, well, "How's the yeah. national fan base?" And we showed up. It was yeah. it was a good it was a good show. Yeah, it was the fantastic. Audio kept it from being podcasted. Yeah, I I have I have nightmares about like this like I, I always like obsessively look at my Zoom just be like, "Are the levels okay? Is everything okay?" Because I've lost a few shows. A few too bad. Oh. To bad audio, but that one was a beautiful show, and yeah, no one will ever get to hear it. It was. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember the gentleman's name, but uh, he was at your last meet and greet when you were in New York, and I, I saw him in Union Square giving advice, giving oh, oh, relationship advice. Francisco Ramirez. Francisco. Oh yeah, he's fantastic. He works at the UN, like a fancy pants man. Yeah, public health degree and stuff. Yeah, no, he's fantastic and hangs out in parks. Not so much in the winter, I don't think. But uh, uh, it was like the late fall when I. Yeah. Got some advice. Yeah, yeah some he, relationship he answers advice. all the questions. Yeah, he is a fun guy. But uh, yeah, no, the show was great. It just uh, happened that it it didn't work out for the audio sake. But uh, Katie and I met up at the the Whiskey Ward where you had a fan meet meet up. Oh my god, that was so messed up because then everybody wanted to buy me whiskey shots, and I was like, "Who are you people? And why are you giving me things?" First world problems. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had like all the terror of of newly being like, "What is this thing I am doing?" And then like, and then alcohol in a small Asian body, you know. <laughs> it was just like you're also being interviewed on camera that night. There was like a corner of the bar, a documentary I've never seen. Yes. Oh, oh it's right. fine. I'm sure it was great. She's an anthropology person. Oh, sweet. Yay. Okay, it'll make, it'll come to light at some point. It's, it's it's one thing if you're ever in media, you guys. People inv- interview you for things, and you never see the results. Like I'm on, I'm on some kind of like international discovery network uh, b- documentary about fetish 
and somewhere like I don't even know what country it went to and I yeah you just get the occasional residual check from something you don't really recognize oh it's not even no they just give you they they give you like five dollars and then like a hug (laughs) like (laughs) that's the currency of our country Uh, Uh, (laughs) so Katie and I might be in the background of that footage and we were just it was uh, Katie and Keith and my girlfriend at the time chatting and we found it so much fun just like-minded people chatting uh, and figured that, all right, in all fairness, you're on the West Coast. You come to the East Coast a handful of times a year. But in the meantime, this could be fun. Like, let's get a bunch of like-minded people. And, you know, off the bat, it'll be fans of the podcast. And, yeah, we figured out that we could make it happen once a month. We could, you know, uh, apply a new subject every month and sort of nerd out on the subject matter. Yeah, I was real bummed I missed the flirting month. Oh, yeah. That, uh, I think that might have been the joint meetup with the polyamorous group. Of course. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Um, so we've got, do you think uh, the folks in this room, do you think they've got any uh, questions? I'm sure they do. We'll start with Felipe. Ooh. Okay, so my question is about internal orgasms uh, okay. for women. So... I, I'm aware of like, like the perfect, all right, perfect so mic holding. I'm aware of the location of the G spot, and I'm also aware of like that it takes a lot of build up, and it just seems like it's something that is very difficult to achieve. So I don't know if you have any tips or information about that. Internal orgasms. Yeah. Oh man, I mean, versus external orgasms. Versus clitoral orgasms. So I'm just going to ask questions now. Are you okay right. with that? Yeah. I mean, are you with someone right now who you're trying to like help experience an internal orgasm? Well, my uh, past sexual partners, uh, that has been in my mind. Oh, okay. And I don't think it has been very successful. Oh, okay. Oh, goodness. Jumping right into the deep end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The internal end. Mm. I... And what have you tried so far? Tried to uh, extend the foreplay or build it up as much as I can. Like build her arousal? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, like in all the ways that I'm aware of. Uh, also, uh, like a simulation of the uh, G-spot and clitoral <clears throat> at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, basically all that I know about it, but uh, still... Okay. Has she uh, or they uh, worked on their their just pelvic floor muscles, just their strength? That's one thing that uh, we haven't tried. Okay, I mean it's it's. I mean we were just talking about this in San Francisco. Uh, this woman I just met, who's a total pelvic health expert, um, Rebecca Alvarez, but. Uh, if you place one finger inside and just check and see if, if she squeezes, if you can feel a nice squeeze. And then you can put two fingers in and see if you feel a nice squeeze along all of your fingers. But then you can peace sign up in there and then see if she can squeeze your fingers shut. I know. I was like, ah, you know. Um, but something like that can help because not only is strength in that area important, but also the ability to relax and open. And so it's, it's, it's like pulling in and tightening, but it's also pushing out. Um, 
I mean, I am not an internal orgasm expert by any means. That's the part where I'm just like, I'm broken. Tell me what you think, you know? Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> But awareness of those muscles is essential, and, and it teaches each person that does it like, a lot about themselves. Because so much of orgasm, if you're talking about muscular contraction orgasm, is the movement of those muscles opening and shutting. So, okay. um, so when you talk about the strengthening the pelvic muscle, you're talking about like the Kegel exercise. Kegel exercise, yes. Yes, but more like, do you know? Have I already talked about the the elevator exercise with your pelvic muscles, where you go like up the floors and down to the basement and all that stuff? Okay, well, why don't we do that right now? Who wants to do all some right. pelvic floor exercises? Um, okay, you're at a really fancy hotel. Like I can't afford rooms here. Okay, and you walk in. You're like, but I just want to see like some of the floors. So you walk into the elevator, and your pelvis is like totally relaxed right then. And then you hit the second floor, and then and the elevator takes you up and just slowly tighten, tighten, and you're like, oh, I want to go up higher. Third floor, tighten, tighten. Oh, it's really pretty. One more floor. And then fourth floor, you're just like fucking clenching. You're like, ah, okay, 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 okay. And then slowly descend back down to the lobby. Because relaxing slowly is just as important as tightening slowly, like all that control. Don't just, you know, don't let your elevator just plummet to the lobby. Once, because you will die. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like at the gym. And, and so once you're in the lobby, then get back in the elevator and actually push out, almost like you're birthing or using the restroom or however you want to, to work with that. Um, and, and then come back up to the lobby. And the important part is that you have, I kind of think of it like, like a piece of latex, like a dental dam stretched over a drum and just and depending on air, air vacuums, it can be sucked down and up or the diaphragm for breathing. It moves up and down like the same for those muscles. Because um, one fun thing to do, and some people this will work, is if you're doing foreplay and cunnilingus and, and nippled play, whatever works for you, and then tell your partner, relax. You, you can't tighten. Just do, do not tighten at all. I mean, you can even maybe finger them at the same time. Just make sure that they're completely relaxed. And some, some people hold a lot of tension and are always slightly clenched. So it's a little bit, it almost feels like BDSM play. Like, don't you dare tighten. Don't you dare tighten. Because pleasure naturally kind of gets us to tighten. And so needing to constantly relax our pelvis is a, is a fun challenge. And then when pleasure overtakes, it's kind of like, you know, um, it's just, it's just something to think about, you know, um, but, you know, there's no science behind uh, whether or not all women, female-bodied people, can actually internally orgasm or not, you know? So, okay. yeah. Because, yeah, I have heard, I've heard that uh, it's possible for all women to achieve that. It's just a matter of how hard it is for some of them. And also, uh, like, I remember reading that, uh, like, from internal orgasm, that, like, that's how the... Um, Squirt, squirting comes from like a lot of times it comes from internal orgasms like I don't know if it like, I don't think it's necessary you necessarily have to have a an internal orgasm to squirt but uh, like it usually comes together with the internal orgasm 
Yeah, they're two separate things. Some people are just like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, when they do it. And then and others, it's like this firework display. They're like, oh, my God. And it's just like, my eyes, you know? So, you know? Like, I have a really tragic, like, not tragic, <laughs> but it feels a little tragic just because mine just, just, like, drips. Like, uh, just you just go in there and, like, I'll definitely have female ejaculate, but it's just, like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, there's no, there's no fanfare at all. So, uh, in, in your opinion, like, in strengthening the pelvic muscle, you think uh, that, that would be helpful, like, to make it easier? To Definitely, orgasm. it's it's the flexibility of those uh, those muscles. So it's not just making them like like being able to clench or cock like you know like nobody's business. It's not really yeah. that. But then that's also a lot of responsibility. I mean, I don't know how. What do you think? Like, do you feel like that can be a lot of pressure to orgasm internally for someone? They're all n- kind of looking around like they don't want <laughs> to say something. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, um, considering the fact that orgasm or having an orgasm with someone that you, you know, if it, be it, it's your first time experience with that person or with a partner, it sometimes can be a challenge if they don't know your body as it is. So I think it can be, um, a lot of pressure actually to say, okay, I have a certain performance level that I have to act in, you know, besides kegels. Now I have this elevator floor thing I have to work on and <laughs> going to hotels in my body. And I don't know what the heck is happening, but nonetheless, um, I mean, body awareness does help with that and being comfortable and having that transparency and communication. Nonetheless, um, having to climax with a partner or not having to, but wishing to obtain that climax and then having the standard possibly of having an internal climax that might be okay this is gonna make me sweat a little bit and not in the good way might be a little more of oh wait i have to do this now okay i thought regular achieving orgasm was already a trial so i mean it could see a little little troublesome error there we need to get the new uh kegel sizer the the one that you can play video games with while you squeeze it (laughs) there's an app for that or something oh yeah there's an app for that connected to your ipad <laughs> Probably, I. They're the, they're the same people that sent me the the lemon, the limon. The there's a touch sensitive uh, vibrator that's really strong, mm-hmm. and so they made a smaller one that you can put internally and you can squeeze and and fight crime in and your on your video game. Superhero kegels, you know. Yeah. Have you seen uh, the bar like for kegel exercises? Oh yeah. It has like a one one ball in each stand and. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, that one's fascinating. I, I always like telling people because one end's really thick, yeah, and people think that's the difficult end, but that's the easy end. Yep. Because the because he- whatever's outside is what you're lifting, so you want the heavy end outside. But yeah, I don't have one of those. I I feel like I why don't I? <laughs> Does anybody here have one? Do you have one? You have an asymmetrical haircut. You you probably have cool things. (laughs) I'm just putting you on the spot. I'm sorry. (laughs) So do you? Um, No, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I I actually have never heard of that uh, that toy or exercise thing. Oh, yeah. Kegelsizer. That's an... Is that new or... Oh, it's been around for so long. It's ancient. (laughs) Oh. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, hi. Hello. I totally put you on the spot. What was your name? Christina. Christina. Christina, yeah. do you know much about sex toys? Yeah. 
Yeah, ho! Yeah, yeah, love, love sex toys. Okay, uh, yeah. do you know about the Enjoy Pure One? It's curved. People love that thing. Is it like a curved Hitachi? No, no, no. no. It's okay. uh, it's fully stainless steel. Oh, yes. I think I have one. But not maybe not that one. No, sorry, because you know there's no there's all these different brands. Okay, this sounds terrible. I, it's not, I don't have like a lot of sex toys, but I have a few. And um and uh, you know there's all the different brands. It's heavy, right? If you drop it, it's I real mean, heavy. It's yeah. shining, and it's like yes. an old style telephone. We were like, hello, hello. Yes, yes. It curved. It's and it has the little knob on the end. Yeah, that, little knob, yeah. big knob. Yes. Yes. Yes, I have that. Congratulations. Thank you. Cool. That is <laughs> that is basically the Kegel sizer, but curved. So you too ah. can use that. Okay. Yeah, except that you have to make sure that it doesn't start sliding to one side or the other because it kind of does that. Yeah. So you're like, ah, like lifts, <laughs> and then you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unless your vagina is stronger than mine, in which case, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here, I can this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, does anyone else have a question? Yeah. So, what's um, your name? My name is Joy. Hi, Joy. Hi. Um, I'm actually curious as to what's in your library, actually, um, in literature. I know. Uh, meaning, I was actually just talking about this and saying that I got one of the books that you recommended, which is She Comes First. Okay, great book. And then I also got his Passionista. Um, hmm. So I was looking at that because it's almost like the version that I'll be able to adapt to as well. Um, but I want to know what you would recommend and what I should add to mine. What uh, like what topics? Are, is there anything specific? Sexuality is a huge field. Yeah. Um, uh, I would say in pleasuring your partner, tantra-based. Like, I have urban tantra and such. But, like, I, I really am, enjoy the tantra, um, like, the information and what I've gained mm-hmm. so far. So do you have anything in that? And just exploring sexuality. Oh, man. That's... Also, a big feel. Super big. Um, oh my goodness! I mean, I don't. I have a huge bookshelf that, like, anybody who comes to my house is like, "That's a, that's a lot of books." Like, when did it was it like weird to have a lot of books? You know, <laughs> and the majority of them are sex books. So, um, and so you're. It sounds like you're curious about how to please your partners. Mm-hmm. Any particular type of body, or just generally? General, yeah. I mean, she comes first, essential for cunnilingus and fingering. Um, <laughs> there's one book which I need to track down this author. It's like you cannot find this person because it was a fake name. Oh. But they wrote a blowjob book called Blow Him Away. And it's thin. And it doesn't even look like a great book. But there's a whole section in there on kissing and a whole section on oral exercises, which... I think that like, just like the pelvic region, I think we really undervalue just the nat- – we just like, oh, you just are good at it or bad at it. No, you, these are things you can develop. This is a embodied skill set. Mm-hmm. So like for instance, like I was at a play party and I was like, I have zero interest in having sex with anyone, but I really need to work on my muscle memory. So who wants a hand job? <laughs> like yeah. I was just like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and like, yeah, because I – that's good to know myself, you know, but I also need to just kind of, you know, you know, get in, keep in the game a little bit. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> oh, I love my friends. <laughs> With that, I guess it's uh, I love that book. I just think because it's always there's one there's one exercise that cracks me up because it's get a, like a milk jug or an a empty 
water jug Mm -hmm. and you can put a little water in it if you want or you can have it empty but you tie a string to the handle put it in your mouth like twine and then slowly pick pick up the jug with your mouth so you're just like pinching it and pulling it in and i was like (laughs) of course that would rock your mouth's world yes yeah and then you can rock someone else's world with exactly that's great one of my closest (laughs) friends was a clara uh clarinetist for a long time great oral sex skills like just uh, like phenomenal blowjobs just i've i've heard lots of people like you know because we we had wild 20s you know and a lot of people were just like emotional about it they're just like she changed my life (laughs) 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 ah pleasure 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 i think jaya ma who's been on my show at least twice Oh, who is such a, a sex nerd. Oh, my God. Like, just with how to touch people. And she wrote a book. I'm really into knowing how to pleasure someone with your hands. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you know how to pleasure them with your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Posing for a picture. <laughs> just a double-breasted suit and a photograph. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so her book about uh, hand hand pleasuring i think is amazing and i forget like i think hot like hot hands hand hot on i don't know what it is <laughs> i don't know but she's got great information um yeah i don't know sm 101 by jay wiseman i mean i think that's a great manual because whether or not you like bdsm i think um knowing about all the sensation play in the book is great because mm-hmm. that that can really inform how you touch someone um yeah, those come to mind. But the fact that you have Urban Chantra is, is pretty hot. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's a great book. Thank you, thank you. Ah. <laughs> but, I mean, and there's The Guide to Getting It On, which is a huge book. Mm-hmm. But it's a great reference manual. Uh, you know, so. And I love human sexuality textbooks. Yes. Like, like mine is, is actually, like, there's a whole uh, chapter just on couples uh, communication where I'm just like, damn, this is a really good section. Cool. Yeah. So, anyway. You're welcome. Thanks for asking that. Cool. Does anyone else have any books? Oh, wait. You've got a question. Any other books that are burning in your brains? Just double checking. Okay. No. You doing okay? Hi. Hi. Jacob, right? Yeah. Is that okay that I said your name? Sure. Uh, so I wound up here through the asexual meetup group. Awesome. Um, we had a joint meetup few weeks ago mm-hmm. uh i the only one who came back but last time there were a whole bunch of us um i've heard your podcast before and i've heard you mention asexuality once or twice uh which was great to hear because hardly anyone talks about it ever um mm-hmm. i'm curious I don't know, how how much do you know about it and what are your thoughts about it Oh my goodness! I <laughs> I know people who are asexual and and activists in San Francisco that I haven't been able to meet up with, but I need to find some in LA mm-hmm. so I can have like like a, a summit <laughs> where we could just podcast. And it might have to be two separate just or two episodes because I feel like there's so much, but I really want to cover it a lot. In terms of what I understand, I I don't think that I understand it enough to even really give it any justice. But it's like. My understanding is it's the just the absence of what we think of as the interest in having sex. Uh, absence of sexual attraction would okay. be the definition most people use. Um, 
which may not mean absence of interest in sex. Right, because I know that you can have solo time. Um, yeah, or, uh, I mean, there are other reasons that people might have sex besides being sexually attracted. Touche. <laughs> uh, it's true, it's like, you know, 300 reasons why people have sex, <laughs> you know? Um, but there are also asexuals who are not interested in sex at all. Yeah. So the whole spectrum, everything is... Yeah, I hold a little guilt because I had a friend, I used to work in the TV and film industry, and I had a fellow PA that, uh, she was so cool, I like we'd hang out and stuff, and she moved away, so we can't hang out anymore, and she told me that she wasn't interested in sex, she just, it, there was no... She'd never had the urge uh, for that at all. And, and she was kind of interested in relationships, but she just wasn't... Yeah, she had no interest. And I was, like, trying. It was like a puzzle, you know, and you're, like, trying to help because you really want to help. Like, I don't know about you, but part of me is just, like, I just need to have a lot of info and then make it available to other people so that they can live their lives fully. And I will just never get to focus on myself. <laughs> <laughs> Right, just like, duh, someone to save. Um, and I was just trying to figure it out uh, with her. And she's like, ah, I don't know. And like years later, I'm like, oh, you're asexual. I get it. <laughs> ah. You know? She didn't feel bad about it. She was just like, meh. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I held a little guilt about that, not being informed. Uh, so now I'm kind of like, I don't know. I don't. It's like I feel like there's nothing really to say except like good for you, yay! Like I'm so glad people it gets starting to become more available and like information and organization, yeah, yeah. so that people aren't feeling all like I about it. You know, that to me is the problem. Thank you. So you guys who joined us last month mm-hmm. on the subject of asexuality, you guys meet on a regular basis and you have yeah. trips and you know you guys get together outside of a particular venue. Could you talk a little bit about the group? Uh. Sure. Um, I mean, it's uh, it's been like two years now, I think, that uh, it's been around. We, we have like, uh, I forget if it's 200 or 300 wow. people signed up in the meetup group. Usually only uh, 10, 15 people will show up to each one. Mm. Probably different people each time, you know, uh, once or twice a month. Why do you feel like you'll be judged if you tell people you're asexual? I'm assuming you're asexual, or do you yeah, just like yeah, hanging yeah. out with asexual <laughs> friends? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm asexual. Oh, okay, I don't know about judged, but uh, not understood. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I think visibility is the most important issue. Um. Do you feel like Morrissey does a good job? Uh, <laughs> it's not entirely clear if Morrissey is asexual. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know much about that. Uh, people speculate about celebrities a lot, and I don't know. Uh, oh, I thought he said. No, he didn't say? I, I oh. He did say. But he had a thing with Michael Stipe back in the day. You need to say it near the microphone. Oh. <laughs> he did say it at one point that he was asexual, but before that, he had a thing with Michael Stipe a really long time ago. Before he said he was asexual. Copy that. Copy that. Clarification. I like it. We're all on the same page. I don't know. <laughs> okay. 
what would you like? Okay, here's okay. Here's the thing. What would you like to have covered on an asexual podcast episode? Ooh, Ooh you're <laughs> see, you're my producer now. <laughs> Tell me what to do. Uh, well, definitions first of all. Definitions. Um, spectrum. The spectrum is, of asexuality. Yeah. Cool. From okay. asexuality to sexuality, Got the whole, it. whole gray area in between. Um, it's not either or. Um, I guess. Uh, I mean, personally, I think it's interesting the rise of information about it due to the internet. Um, that it's only fairly recently that people know about it. We will touch on that. I'm sure. <laughs> We're going to Google the hell out of it. It's going to be fun. Well, does anybody have uh, any particular questions about... Does anyone have Google? (laughs) (laughs) Anything else you'd like me to cover when I take on asexuality? I feel like just like an entire hour dedicated, like, what the fuck is that? Like, we just need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try it. <laughs> I just feel super ignorant about the topic. Um, so I feel like I can't speak to it at all. And when I meet people who are asexual, I don't ever know um, quite the way to relate or, or, or talk about it uh, with them. And I, I just try to listen as much as possible uh, as somebody who is like maybe the like total opposite spectrum of asexuality. You just said a lot about yourself like, right then. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just like, I like sex all the ways. So it's just like, <laughs> I, no, it's true. And so it's just like, it's, it's a matter of like not finding the common ground and then, uh, hiding in my ignorance. So yeah. it, it just, just, a, um, uh, to find that sort of common ground between mm-hmm. people who are asexual and people who like love all the sex would be really helpful, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank Some, you. Somewhere in there. Yeah, it reminds me of when um, I talk about or I'll tell somebody that not all male-bodied people like blowjobs and they just get up Offended and like nope. upset about it. Like, I have I've been in a relationship, not to like hijack the microphone, but I've been in a relationship with a man who refused to let me go down on him, and it was like really um, mind-boggling to me. So it's like I understand that like obviously like every single person. I mean that taught me a lot. Like every single person has things that they're open to and um, okay with and not okay with. And, and who am I to judge like blanket statement, what everybody is supposed to like, you know, but um, yeah, I, I would appreciate some sort of like commentary on that. I think maybe. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's, it's all, it literally is on the top of my list on my episodes of like the long list of things to cover. Yes. Oh. Not a question. Just So, yeah, I was at last month's meeting with um, the aces, the the asexual folks, and one thing that I found really interesting, um, just being in in your position, I I forget your name. No, it's fine, Katie. Katie, um, Katie. who uh, was just talking about the, the, the things that you could learn. There were a couple of members who were talking about being on this asexual spectrum and what they found sexual and what they found exciting. And the similarities between some of the things that they were into and BDSM and the things that BDSM folks were into, that kind of blew my mind. And I'm like, wow, that's really, really cool. Like, They introduced the idea of the spectrum extending to kink and the idea that they recognize they might put asexuality on the spectrum in terms of needs and desires 
that, you know, they might be very specific, but not even appear to everybody else as particularly sexual. Yeah, I mean, there was some of that, that there was some, like, back and forth um, between the different members of, like, the, the sex nerds who are always here and the aces who showed up last time that, like, what were in, in a way, it was... It was almost like it's it was its own kink in itself for some of the folks. Like they had their own very specific things, and there are some who are just completely um, not interested in sex. But then there were those that are interested just in their own very very specific niche. Jacob, is it weird that we're all saying they a lot? Like those people over there. See, that's the thing is that like just those simple things. You're talking without a microphone. I feel bad that I'm saying they a lot, Jacob. Um, no, that's exactly it. It's that I I feel like uh, I have no sort of in-touch sense. There's nobody in my life that is asexual. So I, I'm so interested. That I know of, absolutely. Uh, uh, that I'm, I'm so interested to to learn and, and to better understand. Does that make sense? Can I give I the mic to that, Jacob? I love that we're trying to be so caring and compassionate but we're just all frustrated because we don't have enough information that's like, exactly I love that. it that's exactly <laughs> like, it i know nothing I so uh awesome <laughs> um, yeah i i think it's fair to say they given that a whole group of us came into your group uh, <laughs> <laughs> i uh, thanks for thanks for saying that i think i probably said they more than anyone and it was <laughs> It was literally just because you're the only one here this time from the group of asexual folks who came last time. I'm and I found the things that many of you had to say last time very interesting. And sorry that you have to be the spokesperson for everyone now, Jacob. I, yeah, I'm not. like Now Jacob is the token asexual. Like, no, no, like, I wasn't we invited calling... Marcy. I wasn't calling, calling anyone, like... A sexual racist? Not at all. I'm just saying, like, it's it, it's important for me to sit down, and I, I appreciate the question, because it also means that uh, soon there will be an episode on it, you know? So I, I like yeah. this um, of it. I can try to articulate a little bit more maybe some of the stuff he was talking about, uh, although I'm not the best spokesperson, but I'm the only one here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh um, like the distinction between sexual attraction and romantic attraction, um, that there are people who are asexual and are romantically attracted. Oh, can I ask? Can I, can I guess? Can I guess? Oh my God, can I guess? Oh my God, please. Oh my God. Oh my God, I want to guess what? so bad. What? Is it like the difference between wanting to be on them versus being next to them? Uh, it could be. Um, okay. <laughs> well, but uh, my point is um, the the difficulty in finding relationships um, because there are so few asexual people uh, and finding what kind of intimacy you can have with other people um, that you that you would agree on and both like. Um, and so I think that asexual people, by necessity, are more thoughtful about that and look into those subjects, such mm. as BDSM, which is, in a similar way, very thoughtful about specific kinds of intimacy um, and figuring out with each other how to get that to work. Awesome. Well, 
I have a question for you guys, and we only have maybe 25 more minutes. So did you have something quick to say, Joy? Oh, yeah, it was in reference to what he said. So I found it fascinating in the last um, group meetup that um, one of the members actually stated that they were able to have almost like not contracts and such, but something to, like a list of, okay, well, we can have cuddling because I enjoy that. And some people would just want to cuddle, and that's okay. And also the other variable is that they could be turned on by a situation, not that they want to be in the situation. So BDSM um, applied to them in the fact that they liked the power exchange, and that turned them on, but mm-hmm. they wouldn't want to be caught in that personally. So it was very informative and to know the different roles and to know the gray areas that you may only be stimulated by someone who is um, you have an emotional connection with as well. So learning that in the asexual group was awesome. So if you could cover that, that would be great. Okay. All right. Fine. Then I will. <laughs> Thank I'll you. ask the question and see what they have to say. Just, I'll just guess. I'll just pick another person in LA to be the Jacob of LA, <laughs> and they have to know everything. Okay, I have a question. <laughs> Who would be better at picking up chicks in a bar? Wolverine? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Or Mystique pretending to be Wolverine? Mystique. Mystique. Mystique is the blue chick that turns into people in X Men. She can be anyone. Mystique. <laughs> it's a nerdy question, so by all means, you're going to get a nerdy answer. So I, I'm not judging. I just by the by the very nature of the question, Mystique is making an effort to be Wolverine, so she wouldn't do what he would do: mm-hmm. is just sip whiskey alone or beer, more likely, alone and be left alone and be the hard to get guy. Whereas she would actually make an effort in his, you know, visage. She would approach somebody. Oh, she, I think she would make the move to approach, the but someone over disagrees. Here. I, mean, I, 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 I agree with what you're saying about Mystique as a person, but I think that Wolverine would be more successful because it would be sincere. Ooh. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> it's all fiction. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's just the old fashioned. Who's better at fingering? The Flash or Superman? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, (laughs) hurry, somebody else answer this. Uh, like no one has any opinions but they're like oh that's a great idea oh was that a serious question <laughs> I I am open to all levels you of taking answer that question are you just looking for speed I, th- I think I think f- Superman would be better I mean I, come on I think the, the flash, flash is a mess the flash is a mess I think <laughs> no I think I think the flash for Superman it's just... always Groundhog's Day yeah yeah he's getting it right Someone just said Superman could get, go back in time and in case he did it wrong. It's hilarious. No, I think the Flash has the specificity. He's comfortable with high speed. Superman defers to high speed occasionally, but it's not his automatic setting. He has the nuance at high speed. Yes, that is, okay. yes. I hope they both use lube. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh. No, I just wanted to say thanks for actually bringing Nerdetree into the conversation about, you know, with, with the sex nerds. Like... That's uh, Darren. That's actually like your your profile. It's like nerdetry might be my defining characteristic, but we have not gone into any of the nerdy stuff like in sex nerds. It's like every every topic. I, not that I'm complaining. 
I'm just saying, like it's 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 awesome to talk about the nerdy. I stuff. see, because for me, n- nerdy is is kind of the obsessive, curious nature yeah. of a topic. But it is fun to just like mix it in and with. But have you ever noticed, heroes. like among like the folks that you talk to, like the folks you interview, um, we're all nerds. Like, and not just nerds for sex. Like, I mean, there's always uh, nerds for music or nerds for comic books or. Whatever it is, right? I'd like to defend myself for a second. There's, there's nothing to defend, Darren. I love you. <laughs> we did have a very specific meetup on comic books, comic books, and nerdetry, and so sort of broadening the subject matter to uh, to sexism in comics. So you know, we didn't we didn't ask hypotheticals, but we did get into. The nerdetry of comics oh, yes. and nerds and battle of the sexes and sexism. Is is this an okay time to transition into a question from me? Okay, fine. This is a little like uh, maybe love liney. I, I uh, dude, I know, I know. I was gonna call your number and then I was like, oh, she's gonna be here on Monday. I'll just wait. No, and like, so now I'm here. Like I got a, a good handful of solid ones and then like several of them just deleted their voicemails. No, like, I'm like, you people got t- like got scared. Well, I can like if you if you're like, oh, you should call and no, leave no, me a no, message no, with this question. I'm totally fine to do that. Um, but m- my question is is more about um. I'm seeing somebody now who is a a wonderful partner in so many ways. And um, we're having a little bit of of a problem in terms of uh, sex positivity. Uh, He has Mm -hmm. a a past uh, that is very sex negative. Um, He has a past that uh, actually incorporates uh, some emotional abuse and some some, uh, verbal people telling him he's not good at sex and uh, hitting him after sex and things okay. that are by all means really uh, horrible to learn to learn about um, about somebody that I'm, I'm growing to care about a mm-hmm. lot. Um, and I, I consider myself quite the opposite of that, but I, I've gone through my own share of things similar to sex negativity and it took me a couple years to get on the other side of it and I'm totally good and and maybe even overcompensate a little bit for it but i i want so much to try and help and um i'm finding that that is is tough and also uh is hindering our relationship as a couple in terms of just like me constantly feeling like i want to help you find this positive light where we can just play and have fun and be great together and not worry so much about the outcome or anything like that and um and i i, I just want to know if you have any advice like yeah uh, of how to help somebody through that transition and and make them feel comfortable and and healthy and happy yeah okay well I mean, I am not a therapist. Yeah, and therapy helps. Neither am I. It really does. <laughs> sure, sure. Even just a few, a few episodes, a few sessions can be helpful. Yeah, to have a neutral person. So I'm not that person. But I'm suggesting it. Um, it's wonderful that you want to help him. Yeah, he can help himself. He's yeah. a big boy, so you don't need to be his savior in any way. But it sounds like it's affecting your sexual relationship because sure. you want to be doing it with him and all the times. Every time, mm-hmm. all the times, mm-hmm. yes, and um, 
without getting into like too much de- detail, yes. uh, is it that he told you these things and you feel better and want to help him? Or is it that there, um, there are symptoms that are displaying themselves? There are symptoms that are displaying themselves. It's just a matter of um, me coming on to him, leading, leading him into, into sexual acts and then him totally retracting, mm-hmm. uh, totally, uh, disengaging from the situation or, or leaving the situation or, um, and, and when we're out together, it's totally like PDA and making out and touchy feely and all these other things that are showing me like, you are sexually attracted to me. This is great. And I am totally into it and let's mm-hmm. go home. And then when we get home, it's like, once it's just uh it's a tough connect and it's um it's something that i am i'm having a little bit of a hard time with i've never experienced before like tough connect you mean like you get home it's been hot and heavy for hours yeah get in the bedroom and then he's just like oh i really need a sandwich yep or just like so nervous that it's just like not possible or so nervous that it's just like uh and he's very he's opened up to me a lot Mm -hmm. about about his past and about the situation and, and where he's at. And, you know, we tried to talk through it a couple times, but it's just a matter of like, I don't want to pry too much into the past because I'm trying to help him move forward and, and experience it in a positive way. But he gets really nervous. Like he gets really, he gets so nervous that he's going to be bad at it and I'm not going to stay with him. It's a legitimate fear. He's nervous that he's going to be bad at it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a being bad at it. Like getting yeah. hit after sex was about him not performing not well. Performing so it's a performance well. anxiety thing. It's exactly It wasn't that. like a, you're terrible for wanting sex. It was just like, no, you're no, not good it's at an it. exact, it's an exact, like you didn't perform the way that I wanted. And now I'm going to yell at you about it and, 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 uh, uh, and do all, uh, you know, things that are not awesome. And, um, every other part is so good. And so it's hard for me to mm-hmm. sort of let go of, you know, trying to make it better. Yeah, well, it can become better. I feel like one of the things is, I mean, if it's, is it a, it feels like it's a confidence thing. Yeah, sure. Or a little bit of a, it might be a little PTSD in there. Yeah, it's like like maybe a combo platter of both. Like it brings up old trauma when you two are starting to make out and stuff. Do you give him positive feedback after the fact? Like your kissing is the best kissing. Yeah, and I'm Stuff like, like that. I mean, not to go into too much, but like, I'm pretty easy in terms of like, uh, from what I've heard into. No, I know. No, hey, no, 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 you, no, are, no. you are in you the can, best like, place you for you that. You like, giggle about it. It's totally fine. Um, but no, like, I am, I, uh, I actually, I'm like, physically, like, like I squirt, like I'm like somebody who tells you, like you did a great oh, job. You're the person where, like, the other person's ego is really stroked by that. Oh, big time! In my I past, see. that's always been the situation. People are like, "Oh my god, I don't have to try at all," and it's great. But it's, it's jealous a, of you, girl. Um, no, jealous. it's not even that. It's just, <laughs> no, I understand. It's just a matter of like, and so I'm finding for the first time that I don't have that necessarily don't have that effect. On, on this guy. So and have you two actually had any type of like core play yes, sex? Yes, yes. Okay, and has there been positive interaction afterwards? Yes, yes. Okay, great. And that, and then it'll be two weeks of seeing each other mm-hmm. and hanging out with each other and like doing all that, you know, and there won't be any, he doesn't make any initiative in mm-hmm. terms of having sex. He's so scared by it. And I, I've talked to him about it a little bit, being like, you know, like what? Um, I'm gonna want to talk to him so bad. Oh my god! No, uh, I know, I know, I know. Why isn't he here right now? I know or is he's he working. Here right he's okay. working. I actually asked him to be here. No, no. I am looking to just kind of figure out. I um, 
I just, I, we've only been seeing each other for three and a half months, but I've like really started to just dig this guy like so much. And it's just hard for me to think that, um, you know, right now we're not monogamous and, mm-hmm. and I can get my kicks other, other places and mm-hmm. it's fine, but, um, I can't go to two weeks without mm-hmm. having sex yeah. like that doesn't work for me in terms of my relationship so what, I would love to work on this what about just acts where like mutual masturbation where you're both getting off next to each we other we haven't tried it anything. we haven't tried it and I think that that's maybe because I'm a little bit hesitant to introduce new things that maybe mm. he's not um, up on because I don't want to I, you know, he he doesn't really know the nerddom of my sex obsession. I see. And so I don't want to scare him away. You know what I mean? Like this this guy who's very much trying to come up to bat with me and mm-hmm. things. I don't want to like terrify. Okay. Well, what if, <laughs> if he's freaking out, what, yeah. okay, in the freak out, what if you were like, hey, you don't have to do a damn thing, but can you at least kiss me while I do yes. my own stuff? Yes. And so that he can, you know, and then he can be like, scratch my back or whatever, like pull yeah. my hair, like just a little thing. So all he has to do is chill out, have a nice view, yeah. and like, do a little thing. I think that's next. It sounds nice. I think that's the next next level of just trying and cool. experimenting. All right. Yeah. Please you. ask him to leave a message and like go away so he can't hear what you I'll see he what says. I can do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Super anonymous. I don't have no idea who's leaving these messages. Okay. So. Okay. But anyway, thank you for that question. Yeah. Does anyone have any like yeah, you've got a I would Hello. just like to hear your opinion about the uh, tantric sex. Uh that's the topic that I'm not very no. I'm very familiar with and I would like to explore about it. Like, See, you're very familiar with it? I, I'm not very familiar. Oh, okay. So I would like to explore, like, I'm curious about it. I would like to hear your opinion. Okay. What's your personal opinion about tantric sex? I don't know. I mean, tantric sex is kind of like yoga where it's like you can show up to a class and do some yoga, but that doesn't mean you understand, like, all the stuff about yoga, you know? So, I mean, yeah, like Urban Tantra, fantastic book by Barbara Carellis who lives in this city and is amazing and you can gain benefits from tantra but i mean tantra is like a whole philosophy and and way of life for some people and some people wear a lot of linen like you know a lot of patchouli and they're like they're into it in a specific kind of way i mean like, I'm not angry at people who do yoga, even though, like, some people are obnoxious with their mats and they're, like, really expensive yoga clothes. And they're like, I am really good at yoga, yoga, yoga. Like, like, like I, I don't like them, but, like, I'm, I'm happy for them, you know? I'm a yoga Oh, you're welcome, yoga teacher on the side. <laughs> no, but like, but that's fine. That's absolutely fine. So I think Tantra is amazing because Tantra, there's a lot of paying attention to your breath, a lot of paying attention to your body, a lot of, I think, uh, being aware of energy, even though um, the science is, is hit and miss in terms of being able to uh, explore uh, the body scanning and like focusing your energy on, on areas, but it seems like you glow hotter in places where you're focusing your energy, but things like focusing on the snake, that's co- yeah, there's a snake coiled at the base of your spine right now. 
And if you focus and meditate and like do some breath exercises, you can bring that like snake and like a fountain up your spine and then like have it pour over you. And like I've done this while I was driving and it got a little woozy. Um, <laughs> I'm confusing the snake and the fountain, but there's ways where uh, they teach you to move your energy to different parts of your body and stuff. And I'm not very good at it myself, but I think that these tools to expand your pleasure are fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the Western busy person isn't necessarily going to have the time to, to necessarily get deep into it, you know? But yeah, the first like 20 pages of Urban Tundra, great breathing exercises. I'm going to look it up. Please do. For sure. Yeah. Promises. Well, cool. Thanks. You're welcome. Any other questions? So on Facebook, not too long ago, you posted if anyone had, you know, any critiques about the show, anything that bugged you, oh, yeah. just say it. Okay, so last night I was listening to one of your episodes and, mm-hmm. I, and I, I realized something. You don't have anybody on your show that, diff, that, you know what I mean, that goes against anything, you you know what I mean, what you think of. Like, you've never been combative on your show. Mm-hmm. You've never had someone that has a completely different viewpoint. Someone that mm-hmm. you, com- you know what I mean, that you do not understand. Yes, like, I just, have. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, no, I, no, generally, I try and make the show kind of a very friendly kiddie pool of, of, hugs and 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 rainbows and there have been times where i haven't necessarily been fully on board with people mm-hmm. but i'm like i'm just gonna delve into your world let's just see what you're you're about mm-hmm. weird no i mean <laughs> I, I would just love it if you had someone that you know what i mean like that was on your show that just had a like an opinion that was just completely different you know what i mean mm-hmm. like something that you might not necessarily agree with or even respect mm-hmm. but you know what i mean just yeah just I don't know sparks. You want you. yeah. I mean, I definitely try and just accept people in what they are saying. And the thing is, like, sometimes people will write me and be like, "Sandra, come on, how did you not like take that person to task?" Be like, like, bitch. I know you've got a mind of your own. Like, you can figure out for yourself, my friend. Like, we are all, you know, like, you can, you, everyone's got their own BS meter, their own survival, like, needs. And so, some people are, like, fed by a guest. Other people are like, oh, hell no. And then sometimes it switches. And it's like, I am just going to have a nice conversation and ask some really sassy questions. But I'm not going to be um, Bill Maher about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I may, I definitely have thought about having a Catholic priest on. That'd be interesting, but we'd probably end up being buddies by the end. I mean, really? No, like I don't. I don't necessarily. Oh my God, the Catholics really need to up their PR game. Like, (laughs) so I'm sure they'd love to be on the show. Oh, that's not true. That sounds really. (laughs) Um, But I mean, I go to Catholic mass once a year. I grew up Catholic, so like I would love to ask my Monsignor Torgerson like what what his thoughts are on things. No, nice. Uh, I just saw him perform a wedding. That was interesting. One of the phrases was, "This is for is not for lust, but for a higher purpose." I was like, "Fuck you!" (laughs) But um, 
Yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you for that question. Okay. I, I appreciate it. I actually have uh, one more, too. Oh, okay. So, it's, so something else you mentioned recently about, you know, the distinction between being a sex expert mm-hmm. and being a sex nerd. Mm-hmm. And I remember I actually had to listen to, like, the first time you mentioned that, like, twice, just because I was just really confused at what you were trying to get at. And then I thought to myself, well, if you're going through all that, you know what I mean? Like, is it even possible by your definition to be a sex expert and to be a full person? Uh, of course. I, I was saying sex educator okay. versus a sex nerd. A sex expert is just a thing like people in the news call you. Like Anyone can technically be called an expert of something. And right. That's one problem with the news today. <laughs> the problem with the mm, today. Um, <laughs> um, but it's... It's like a school teacher, how people will fire a school teacher if they find out they practice BDSM. Okay. Or they might, you know, someone might lose their kids because they're poly or or they like, you know, tentacle porn or something. It's assuming that people can't compartmentalize and be professional and be responsible. Mm -hmm. And a sex educator, the title, ideally, there's a certain amount of... And neutralizing who I am in order to just present information um, to other people. And I wasn't really able to fully be a sex educator or a sex nerd at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, And while I think that sex ed will always be something that I do as part of my sex nerdery, I think I don't have a title for what I do. I think, honestly, comedian is probably going to be the best thing or author or like some some other like kind of title that mm. people kind of like i get what you are and then sex ed will be a, a strong part of that so i i have mm. a parallel so i remember once um the, john stewart was being interviewed mm-hmm. and they, and he like basically they were he was saying i don't want to be treated like a newscaster i'm a comedian i'm not mm-hmm. a newscaster and he made a huge point in saying you know like there's certain rules and regulations like that you people are held to a standard to that i'm not but at the same time i feel like most people would look at people like john stewart and stephen colbert and we would consider them newscasters because that's where most of us get our news i think it's an important i mean i studied broadcast journalism in college so it which is weird that i'm now doing this uh Cool, I use my degree a little bit. Nah, yeah. nah, nah. They didn't know what podcasting was. <laughs> they had no idea what podcasting is. I went to a terrible college. <laughs> um, so I I think he's a comedian first. I I, I mean it's it's they are satire it's like, it's newscaster satire. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't start out as a yeah, we're gonna be the news source for the next generation. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh shit. This is where they're getting their news. Oops. Awkward. Mm. <laughs> no? Because seriously, that's amazing that we're learning that. And uh, so not to say that I'm like particularly that funny, but like there, there are different titles that people put themselves under. And sex educator. I think a lot of people are feeling safe to put themselves under that banner because there's a community there and there are conferences there and there's people. But I don't want to be an irresponsible I would rather be a really responsible comedian than a really irresponsible sex educator you know yeah. okay um, and if I write a book then I'm an author <laughs> mm-hmm. but anyway oh screw you <laughs> that's not that's uh no actually we're gonna have a sex and depression episode in, in a few weeks and, and a lot will be we'll talk a lot about yeah well yeah I need to find a therapist I talk it's a long story I don't 
I don't, I'm way too transparent about the things that I have to do behind the scenes. But uh, but yeah, it's, it was a hard year last year, so I'm trying not to give myself too many projects in the beginning of this year. So yeah. Um, cool. Thank you for your questions. I appreciated them. Anytime. Way to AMA it. Mm. Um, you said that you're poly, right? It is true. Uh, how? And you were raised Catholic. Yes. What? What was the like? Was there a big journey from like growing up Catholic to being so sex positive now? And what was that like? <laughs> Someone was like, "Yeah, yes, like, <laughs> precious." I think it's really cool, and and like, there's a lot of baggage that can come with, yeah. with growing up in the church, right? Uh, yes, yeah. I actually. Um, Christmas this past year when we went to Midnight Mass, I realized listening to, I don't know how many of you listening or being here hanging out are you know, post-Catholic or currently Catholic or, or even been to a single Mass. But if you've ever heard the priest do their thing, there's a lot of forgive us, Father, for we have sinned, yada, yada. And yeah, act of contrition and, and like eat the body of Christ. That's kind of weird. <laughs> but I had a lot of low blood sugar problems, like even as a kid, so it was fine. But um, I had, I remember being in a car with two, sandwiched in the middle in the back seat to Disneyland with two of my classmates. And it was a kindergarten. I remember just like kind of like the side of my mouth being like, do you guys like really believe in God? <laughs> and I was like four and a half or five years old at the time. And both of them were like, yeah, yeah. Like, but but it, probably kid versions of that. But I, I was like, oh, oh, because none of it made sense. I kept trying to literally, oh, I was all about Santa. Someone just asked about Santa. Although I didn't make sense to me. Like, how does he make it through our apartment heater? Like, it doesn't... <laughs> I had no idea. I did. I mean, I just, for me, it was always the logistics of heaven. And and it was hard not having any sins at that age, having to, like, pretend to feel bad about them. Like, it all just, it didn't make sense. So it wasn't like I drank the Kool-Aid uh, re- religiously from an early age. So I'm, I'm, I am glad for that for my own sake. But a lot of the, the more subtle things, like, um, like feeling like God was watching me all the time. Like he's watching you. It's, it really was like Santa where he watches you when you're sleeping. You're watching when Jesus is always watching. Like, that's messed up. Why are you watching like a six-year-old take a shower? Like, <laughs> you know, it was really weird. And so there was a lot of kind of, um, it, it almost, it's like people in sex when they um, are the observer like outside of themselves. And it's hard to get back into your own body. There is a certain amount of being seen from the outside, even when no one's around. I found to be uh, difficult uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of other things that I haven't really cracked yet but mm. but that's a little bit of that in terms of the sex positive thing um, for me I think honestly Babeland because Babeland had a store for a few for a little bit in LA and being there was amazing because there were sex positive uh classes like blowjob classes i was like i need to i don't want to teach a class i want to be here all the time i want to work here oh my god and that was amazing um and i just reading all the books sex positive for me wasn't something i transitioned to i think i was already kind of living it and it just made sense 
cool. Um, and not like in a, I had a lot of piercings kind of a way, but like more, <laughs> more like I was already there emotionally. So when all the terms came, like poly, I was already there. Um, and then just felt like I wasn't a terrible person for being like that. Like, yeah. like I find yeah. like someone finally put a, a name to what I've been feeling. Yeah. Categorization, make it sciencey, medicalize it a little <laughs> validated. Fancy. Right? Yeah. Super fancy. Thank you for that question. That was great. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. I have a question to end with. And this is totally like, I know this is going to sound really judgy, but I'm just curious how many sexual partners does it take before it's too many sexual partners? Like, okay, 20, 30, and they're like 100, 1,000, 10,000, 20 million. Like, how many? And it can be, where's the line? How, how could you have a line here? I mean, like, as a group of sex-positive people, I... I would be disappointed if there was anyone in this room, literally, and I don't know half of you, but I would be disappointed if anyone here would say that there's like a line where you become a bad person or there's something wrong with you if you've had sex with more than this number of people. Like, how? Oh, we got hands up. We got hands up. Many hands. <laughs> okay, so I've, I've been meaning to look into this a little bit more, but... There is a whole like section of people who are feel like they have sex addiction, right? Oh, and, right. Um, I don't. I really like. I'm pretty naive to it still. Like, I worked in some addiction work with um, just chemical chemical addiction, chemical mm-hmm. dependency, and I'm curious because I think there's something about like what is our relationship to the act? Like, are we trying to fill a void? Are we just like full of something that we want to share? Like, there's just all kinds of. Well, but I kind of feel like I think maybe the line is how are we relating to it? Do you feel like that's more important than the number? Yeah, I do. You realize that this is a sassy ass question. Like this is <laughs> it's, it's provocative, really. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think that there needs to be a line, but I guess it depends on how are we interacting with it. That's like for some people, it's five. It's fascinating. Well, for me, uh, the line is more rather the the number instead of the number. For me, the line is when the safety is not being considered as like the priority number one. When it's not like, when when it's not being like totally safe for me, that's the line rather than the number of partners. Okay, it's valid. Um, so, um, no, um, I really don't think there should be a number. But as a female, and I work in a predominantly male. Um, atmosphere so um seeing the guys rendezvous and they do their thing and then me if i were doing the same thing they're like joy oh what are you up to and i'm like i just did the same thing you did what the hell is that so wait for a rendezvous do you mean so, uh, well, <laughs> or like so, do you mean like you were at a bar i'm so confused a, ro- a rolling in the hay no um no i like if i were to have sex with someone i'm like oh yeah i had sex last week mm-hmm. and you know it was just a hookup and they're just like really and i'm like wait a minute you just did that like 
three days in a row there and i'm like yeah go bro you know that's great mm-hmm. if i did it there's still that spectrum of well you're a woman you're not supposed to do those things and i'm like but i i said well then i'm a woman with a male appetite in your category so you can understand better <laughs> and they're like uh, oh okay <laughs> they don't they frown upon it maybe but i know for me i don't really think a number safety is important and mm-hmm. i think that transparency of knowing who you are and be able to say okay this is what i like this is what i'm doing and the judgment is really a reflection of yourself. But um, basically saying, oh, you have to have this number or this is too much or too little, I don't really think that should be something that most people should say, I have to give the number in order to be accepted. Copy that. Hot potato. Does anybody want the potato? Um, well, when you said that, I was actually thinking, well, it's like, well, it's kind of like asking how many grains of rice should I have, you know what I mean, like throughout my life or in a meal, really. Oh. <laughs> Brains of I don't think th- I, I think we're asking the wrong question it's not you know how many it's the attachment to the thing itself going back to what you said earlier how do you feel about rice? what? oh I love rice <laughs> someone, someone said how, how do you feel about rice? <laughs> however if I had an attachment to rice or whatever that thing was that was detrimenting <laughs> no me, judgment you know, no mean, judgment in my life <laughs> I think that's where we should be really looking at I think that's where the bar should be set just really the attachment okay yeah, it sounds like a really difficult thing. Like, I mean, if you're sleeping with a lot of people, what what do you define as a lot of people? Oh. This is not a judgment. A like, number... you're not a bad person for sleeping with a lot of people. Just how many is a lot? The nu- a number doesn't come to mind, but the soreness of my vagina comes to mind. <laughs> you know, like, ooh, like whatever that means, you know? So, ah. like, at least six days out of seven every week? Like, yeah, we need a day of rest. With a day of rest. <laughs> a day of rest. You're a Catholic. I, I'm, I'm Jewish. It, you know, you have to take a day of rest. <laughs> yeah, I, just the wear, Actually, the wear, I feel like the wear and tear mitzvah. on your own body is like, sometimes you're just like, like go to sleep. Stop having sex. Go to sleep. You need sleep. Go to sleep. You know when you fall like crazy in love with somebody or you're just like, you are hot. You are hot. And then it's like two days later and, and you're like, can't see straight. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, like falling in love with everyone that you sleep with. Like no one here seems to have the reaction. Like, oh, that's a that's a bad thing. But yeah, yeah. I guess it would be kind of confusing. Like after a little while, because you know, poly people, we 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 need a lot of processing time. <laughs> we really do. Like for from like one encounter with someone who might be. You know, if you're in a primary hierarchical structure, like, you, you need a lot of processing time with, like, anyone, like, beyond that. Like, so if you fall in love with everyone and you have a really sore vagina, <laughs> you've got a lot of processing. It really, seems s- like it'd be really difficult. I know several poly people who've just said to me in private, like, can we just cut down on the on the processing? Can we just... <laughs> Do we have to talk about that's what everything? Makes, that's what makes us poly. As, oh, 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 I, I see. Culturally. I Culturally, we're all just becoming lesbians, basically. <laughs> Which is an old, old, stupid joke. Um, <laughs> dude, thank you so much for coming out. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for saying hi to me in, in, on a cold night in New York. Darren? Darren, why don't you recap uh, how people can find out more about NYC Sex Nerds? We're on Meetup. Uh, we meet the first Wednesday of every month on the hump day. First Wednesday. Our, our sacred day. <laughs>
Um, and yeah, we change up the subject every month. Uh, this coming Wednesday will be. Uh, It'll be too late. It'll be too late. What's next week? So it's next month. Oh, we haven't decided. So we open it up to the the group as to what they're interested in talking about. So we might pick a subject based on what the group wants to do and start nerding out and digging up details. Uh, is meetup.com the only way they can find out about stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Right now we're just on meetup. Yeah. Okay. You can always message me a link. I don't know why that sounded sad. (laughs) (laughs) Darren, thank you. And thank you all of you. Have a wonderful night and let's all be safe going out there. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 